Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast in the boot camp series. Here we are. We're at debut. What I mean by debut, it's uh, that D word where it's the first. It's the, the first time. It's the, it's the first expression. And here coming into the promised land, they're going to take their first city. They're going to take their first portion of the territory. And we're going to learn how they took Jericho, how they took Jericho. Do you know that you take and you do not achieve victory? You receive victory? Come and learn how to step into the rest of God that brings you into every promise that God has made over your life. Every one of them is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So learn how to rest in the finished work of the cross and go from victory to victory. Come on, let's get in. All right, we're going to move on in our uh, boot camp series. Can you say boot camp? (laughs) So excited people back there. That was good. Boot camp. All right, here we go. Boom. Are there things we can do now to prepare for what's next? Here we are, we're in this transition, and I really thought March 1st we were going to be moving into this building, but uh, the timetable has shifted a little bit, and I'm trying to get along with that. How about you? You know, so, but I really do believe God's setting us up. I really believe this year is going to be a blowout. It's going to be amazing. I think, well, I think we're swiftly going to see things change. Things are going to open up, and we're going to blow up in a big, big way. I really just feel more and more and more that we're being set up for a ridiculous breakthrough. I really do. So in this whole thing, we've been preparing. We've been getting ready to to possess all that God has for us. So we decided to use this uh, series in Joshua to do that. So there are things we can do, and we've been doing a bunch of things. Today, I want to work on the word the debut, debut. So I don't know why we decided to stay with D, because I didn't realize finding a D word for every sermon would be so hard. But anyways, maybe I should just next week use a B word just for fun, just to blow it up. Why be so religiously stuck on a D, pastor, right? Get over yourself. Do I have permission? I'm doing it anyways. I got the D word already. I'll give you the D word for next week already. You ready? Debacle. (laughs) That's next week's going to be the debacle. Jeffrey, God bless you, brother. I'm telling you, the debut. All right, here it is. Boom. Here's where we are. Here's where we are in the book of Joshua. This is it. Right here. And some of you might be here. That's where you are right now. You look up and it's just like, ugh. It's like, it seems like this immovable obstacle, something that I've never, ever seen something so ridiculously huge. I've never experienced something that seems so debilitating, something that is just crushing me. I'm looking at this going, oh no. I mean, we fought with people out in the open. We've had battles and stuff, but this is an impossible situation. Look at it. (laughs) Boom. That's where we are. That's where we are. So ancient Jericho, ancient Jericho, if you can see this, but it was, uh, they had a, a uh, revetment. What do they call that? They call it like a retaining wall. There's a massive retaining wall down here. They had a ditch across there, then this retaining wall. Then above the retaining wall, they built these huge walls. And then there was a, 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 a part of the city there, the lower area. And then they had an upper wall again that went up. And it was like some 46 feet high in the sky. Some... Uh, People say that you could ride chariots. They could have chariot races around the tops of the walls. The walls were that thick. They were thick, thick walls. So so you got the people of Israel. God set us up. He set us up. He brought us through, miraculously through the river. He brought us through the Jordan. And then boom, right away. You think, let's start small. Let's, let's, Let's have a couple little victories. Do a couple small things. But no! He brings us to the biggest, nastiest, most difficult situation right on day one. So the debut. 
Here, that's why it's debut. It's the first. It's the, our first act, our, our first stepping in, our first performance of faith, our first act of faith. We're at the debut, and the debut is we got to take this impassable, impossible fortress. God wants us to possess this. Can I get an amen? So that's what it's all about. Joshua's up there and he's saying, man, how are we going to do that? So Hebrews 11.30 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. So how did they fall? They fell by faith. So the obstacles in your life, how are they going to fall? Faith. They really are. They're going to fall by faith. They're not going to fall by your effort or your performance or you doing, you know, 25 hopscotch junch, 10 Holy Ghost push-ups and memorizing 350 scriptures. It's going to happen by faith. By faith. Faith, it says, by faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them seven days. Say seven. After, it, didn't, it was faith, but they fell by faith after. See, because faith was active upon a revelation that God had given them. So they took that word that God gave them, that word of faith, they activated it through the obedience of faith and they manifest the promise of God because they acted on what he told them. So God is gonna speak to you in this impossible situation. He's gonna give you revelation. Ephesians 11, one says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. Say, I do not see. You may just be seeing a wall. You may just be seeing an obstacle. You don't see a breakthrough. You don't see it defeated. You don't see that situation totally overcome. But faith sees it even before it happens. So we got to see this absolutely done and absolutely realized. So Jesus, Joshua prepared the people with Passover and circumcision. They got into the land. They, they did the Passover. They, they got established in the finished work of the cross, the blood and the, the bread. And, and they got involved in, in the full understanding of being identified with him and circumcision, their identity. They got down to the root of their identity and who they were. So Joshua got them in that. And then Joshua has an encounter with God. So he's an encounter with God where he's challenged to see through the eyes of faith. So he's up there, and we, we talked about this encounter a few weeks back, but he's standing there looking at Jericho, and all of a sudden, a man with a sword shows up, and Joshua pulls out his sword. You for us or against us, and it was a manifestation of Christ. How do we know that? Because Joshua called him Lord, and Joshua bowed down and worshiped him. No angel would be called Lord, and no angel would receive worship. So it was Joshua there with Jesus, a, a Christophany, a pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ, and Jesus said, I'm not here to take your side, Bill, Bob, Sue, Ralph, Jody. I am here to take over. And you see, here's the whole thing is we've got to trust that if we let him take over, everything's going to be okay. And we really got to lean on the Lord with all your heart, trust in him with everything in you, and he's going to make your way straight. So this is all about trust. This is all about resting in the wonderful arms of Jesus and trusting that he'll do everything that he said he'd do for you. So Joshua gets that challenge. He's seeing. Now the word see is ra'ah, ra'ah, ra'ah. That's the Hebrew word. It means to envision something, to see far beyond the physical realm to the present reality, to see as it can and it will be. So it's to see beyond the physical realm because he was told, there it is. It's still there. It's all standing. But Christ there told him, see it done, see it removed, see it taken. I have given you the city and I've given you the king and I've given you all their mighty men. I don't want you to see it what it could be. I want you to see now it is finished, 
right now. And see, we've got to see things in our life that do not line up with God's purpose in our life. We've got to see them done. We sang songs today about victory. We sang songs today. Literally, one song was like, I'm going to see victory. Literally, I'm condemned to victory after victory after victory. Oh, no, another day of victory. If only I could conquer the boiler in the basement and bring more heat in the room. <laughs> I came in, I said, this, this boiler mocks me. I command it to stop. I command heat in the name of Jesus. I was looking at it like the walls of Jericho. I just wanted to kick it, I'm telling you. And then I said, today I'm going to teach on rest. Hallelujah. It's not really cold. We're all really, we're really warm. Praise Jesus. Amen. All right. Sorry about that. I, uh, that's getting a little too real right there, is it not? All right. Okay. So it's seeing beyond. Now, African Impala. I've never seen an African Impala except maybe on TV or a picture, but this is what I understand, all right? An African Impala can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet distance. Whoa, I mean, that's big. That's, whoa, 10 feet up and 30 feet. Whoa. That is amazing, is it not? Like, I mean, think about it. 10 feet up and 30 feet out. Boom. But you know, in a, in a zoo or in a, in a place of encampment, you can put up a three-foot wall and they will not even attempt it. And they say they will not attempt it because they will not jump to a place that they cannot see. And if they feel that what they see is impeded, they will not leap because they want to know that where they're jumping is a good space. And they will not leap to a spot that they cannot see with their eyes. You know, a lot of people are like that with their faith. Like, I'm not going to put it out there, Pastor. You know, I'll believe when I see it. But you see, you got to leap in faith before there's any evidence. you got to leap in faith, although there's nothing at all under your feet. Here's what's true. You may not see the outcome, but if you got God's word on the outcome, that is better than seeing. Because believing is seeing. It's not seeing is believing. So when you got God's word underneath your feet, is a platform that you can stand on no matter what. Think about Peter when he jumped out of the boat. Can a man walk on water? No. But you know what you can walk on? Peter said to Jesus, if that's you, command me to come. See, the command of Jesus to come is bedrock under your feet because you can walk on the word of God. You may not be walk, able to walk on the water, but you can walk on the word of God. But the minute he started to say, what am I doing? I, I'm walking on water. He took his eyes off of the word of God and he looked at his circumstance again and glug, 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 Jesus said, let him go to the pit. Let him go to the abyss, that filthy unbeliever. No, he didn't. He actually, he reached out, grabbed Peter, says, hey, why'd you stop trusting? Why'd you st and he took him back to the boat. Amen? So listen, even if you start to doubt, don't worry, you're not going to drown. He's going to pick you up. He's going to bring you through. I... I I love that about God, don't you? I love the guys on the road to Emmaus. They were walking away from their destiny. But you know what? Even when you're going the wrong way, he always catches up with you. Even when you're not committed to your destiny, he's so committed he's going to find you and he's going to bring you kicking and screaming into it. Isn't that good? I love that about God. Wow, George, you got me the coldest water in the place. I need mittens just to drink that water. How many think I'm making too much of how cold it is? Same three people all the time, same three. Matthew chapter four, verse four. It takes more than bread to stay warm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow, thank God Cheryl's not here. She'd be giving me the eyeballs right now. It takes more than bread to stay alive. 
It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. It takes a steady stream. Man cannot live on bread alone by every word that proceeds. It's not the word, it's the proceeding word. It's the constant stream of revelation. It's that one-on-one connection with the Almighty where you are living and walking by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. You live by a living, steady stream of the word of God. You ready? Public victories flow out of the practice of private visitation. I just felt like Bobby Sullivan right there. Public victories flow out of the practice of private visitation. A few more P's than I would have been Bobby Sullivan, but public victories flow out of the practice. I was going to say public victories flow out of private visitation, but I threw the other P in there because it's the practice of it. It's the everyday practice of it. Your public manifestation, the demonstration of what's going on in your life is the evidence of what's going on in the private place. Jesus said, what you, what you do in secret, I will reward you openly. So it's what you're doing in the secret place is what's being manifest in the physical realm. So there's a place in God where we connect with him in the spirit. Did you know that there is a place called in the spirit? Did you know that there is a place called in Christ Jesus? Did you know that that's where you are? That you've already been placed there by the goodness of God, but in that place you have eyes to see and ears to hear, and you've got to be active in that. You've got to be constantly, steadily practicing, walking every moment on the revelation of God that moment, right? Because there's a lot of the world pressing in. There's a lot of stuff. There's the devil screaming at us. But when you are fixed on the ever-increasing, steady revelation and stream of God in your world, man, you can run through a troop, jump over a wall, Hallelujah. There's no obstacle, no situation, no difficulty, nothing too hard when you trust in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Joshua 6. Here's where we are. Ready? Joshua chapter 6. said, you shall march around, say circles. You shall march around. Now, what I love about God is that sometimes when he wants you to do something incredible, he'll use something that you're very familiar with. When God's calling you to do something impossible, he will often call you to do something you're very familiar with to get results. What do you mean, pastor? Well, I'll tell you one thing these guys are really good at, walking in circles. (laughs) Like they were really good at circling stuff. So how are we gonna take Jericho? We're gonna walk in circles. Oh, that's good, we're really good at that. We're we're good circle walkers. I mean, they, they weren't amazing army people they weren't amazing at all they weren't trained all they had been doing for 40 years was so joshua how are we going to take this impossible place we're going to circle it we're going to circle it yeah this guy's a great leader i love him we're going to circle it we can circle we're excellent circlers that's exactly how it went down I'm telling you, you know, if you're a good circler, circle it. Just circle it. What are you doing? We're moving an obstacle. (laughs) What are you doing? I'm taking this thing out. Woo! (laughs) You know, they circled and circled and circled and never got anywhere. But this time, I'm going to change the nature of your circling. This time, you're going to see a breakthrough. You took that circling thing way too far. I don't think so. I don't think so. Circle the city. All you men of war, you shall go all around the city once, and you shall do it six days. Say six days. And on the seventh day, there are 14 sevens in this chapter. 
You know, when I see something repeated over and over again, you know what I do? I say, hmm, wonder why that's there. Okay. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns, and they shall go before the ark. What is the ark? The ark is a picture and a type of Jesus, the mercy seat, the blood covering. This is Jesus. So they were never, ever told to take the ark into battle. In fact, the one time they took an ark into battle, they lost the battle and the ark went to live with the Philistines. Jesus said, I'm so sick of my own people. I'm going to hang out with these heathens for a while. And they thought, we'll just take the ark. And then, you know, we take the ark. God's got to win the victory. What's he going to do? Let the ark be taken. And God said, yeah, honestly, I'm so tired of you folks. I'm going to live with the Philistines. That really happened. You're not supposed to take the ark. But in this first one, in the debut, Jesus wanted them to see that every battle is mine and the victory is yours. And I'm going to show you this pattern. And I'm going to show you that if you keep on living this way, you're going to go from victory to victory to victory. Because the battle is the Lord's and the victory is mine. Hallelujah. So they took the ark. But the seventh day, now here's another thing. If I were there, I would have protested. The circle thing, I'm okay with, but you want us on the Sabbath, you want us on the Sabbath, instead of resting on the Sabbath, we're going to walk six times around, seven times around this thing on the Sabbath and shout for all our might. It's the Sabbath, dude. I'm telling you, we need Moses. We need Moses back as you, buddy. You're calling us to break the Sabbath. You want us on the Sabbath. I mean, the six days walking around, I get, but the Sabbath, whoa, let's get another leader out here. You see a lot of things getting busted up and broken down. You shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. Say ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Amen. Amen. Joshua 6.10, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Only on the day that I tell you to shout, shall you shout. So here it is. We're going to walk around the first six days. and those six days, I want you to be absolutely silent. Just like that. So it's like this. Just So why do we got to be quiet? Just me. I'm thinking if I were marching and this were me. You see how big these walls are? Holy cow. Wow. I have never, ever seen a city this big. This is crazy. So us marching around this thing on the seventh day, this this thing's going to come down? Highly unlikely. See, it's okay maybe to say that in here, but I don't want you talking that trash to your neighbor. I'm calling you, inviting you into a miracle. Therefore, I want you to keep all the negative stuff to yourself. Well, pastor, quit whining about the lack of heat because I'm supernaturally warm myself. I don't know what your problem is. I am surrounded by an internal furnace of God's glory and that anybody near me will feel the radiation of my love. But, you know, I would have questions. But you know what? When, when, and like I said last week, when you've got somebody that's in a place of faith and they're standing in faith for something and they're believing for something, if you don't see it, shut up. Amen. How many times the word of the Lord to me, that's been one of the Lord's favorite words to me, Carl, thou shalt shut up. And he says that to me a lot because there's times I'm like, but, 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 but. 
What's the deal with the city? Why are they taking so long? Shut up. Oh, but what if this happens? Shut up. See, when you're going to trust him, you've got to knock down that negative stuff. You've got to eliminate that stuff. And I tell you, you've got to fix yourself. You've got to see it. You've got to say it. You've got to believe it. You've got to stay fixed on it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. So Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Numbers chapter 10, this is where they were told to make two silver trumpets. Make silver trumpets for yourself and you shall make them all of a hammered work, one hammered piece of silver, and you shall use them for calling the congregation and directing the movements of the camps. You shall use them for when you go to war in the land against your enemy who oppresses you. Then you shall sound the alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Now, what trumpets are we supposed to use when we're called to go to war? Silver trumpets. These two silver trumpets, it's when it's time to move, it's time to camp, it's time to go, it's time to go to war. These silver trumpets were always used to call the people. I think the two silver trumpets actually represent today apostles and prophets. There's, and it says in, in Colossians, when, or Corinthians says, when the trumpets are not making a clear sound, the people don't know what to do. And I believe that there's going to be an apostolic and prophetic ministry that's going to make a clear sound, and it's going to move the body of Christ in a big way. There's going to be a real demonstration of real headship ministry in the body of Christ. That is another sermon. But these are silver trumpets. Now, they are going to take in their debut. They're ready to go take the city of Jericho. But I want you to know they didn't take silver trumpets. And the silver trumpet is the trumpet you use for going to war. Now, are they going to war? Are they, are they taking a city? Are they doing that? Yes. But, well, why didn't they use the silver trumpets? They didn't. Leviticus 25, 9 to 10 says, Then you shall cause the trumpet, the shofar, that's the word that was used here. They didn't use the silver trumpet. They were called for seven priests with seven shofars. Well, why a shofar? Well, let's read. You'll use a shofar. To, and why is the shofar used? It's used to sanctify the 50th year to proclaim liberty throughout the land. When you look at the shofar, whenever the shofar was used, the shofar was to announce it's time to party. It's time to enjoy. It's time to celebrate. It's time to declare the freedom and liberty of God. See, they were taking not an instrument of war, not the trumpet of the call to war, but they were surrounding the city with the sound of celebration. Very interesting. You know, you got to know which trumpet to blow. And a lot of stuff today, people are blowing the wrong trumpet. In the new covenant, people are trying to, you know, battle things that you're not called to battle. So you got, you got the ram's horn. It was seven priests with seven ram's horns going around seven times. There was a whole lot of sevens here, a whole lot of sevens. Well, let me go back to Colossians chapter 1. Look, I can't go back there. I tapped too many times. Can I tap again? Are you ready? No, I got it here. Let me read it to you. Colossians chapter 2. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. See, the cross was an absolute once and for all disarming and public spectacle of the enemy. The enemy is totally defeated. We sing the songs. I don't think we believe them, but the enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold him down. Like We believe that, right? So now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. What does he lead us in? You see, you see, the battle is done. The victory is ours. 
See, the fight now isn't a fight to try to win a battle. The fight now is just to pick up the spoil. The fight now is let's party. The trumpet we play now is the shofar because we're declaring, let's celebrate. He always, what does he always lead us in? What always, I looked up the word always. You know what it means? It means always. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us in triumph in Christ. You are called every day to enjoy victory, to party, and to celebrate the wonderful liberty and freedom of God. No matter what stands before you, no matter what obstacle is in front of you, what do you say to that obstacle? Freedom! And through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Church, we are called week after week, day after day, to just be reckless, crazy party animals. We are called to overflow with incredible joy, and yet we spend our time trying to teach each other how to beat each other up, how to get closer to God, how to, how to jump through another 25 hoops to try to qualify for blink, blank, boom, boom. You know, it's done. It is done, done, done. All that's left for us to do is say, woohoo! So, so that's it? That's how we overcome? Yes. That's how we overcome. Hebrews 4.1, therefore, since the promise remains of entering into his land, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Only place in the Bible where you're commanded to fear, let us fear. Everywhere it says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. But literally, the Hebrew writer is saying, be afraid not to enter rest. Because if you don't enter rest, you're not going to enjoy the benefits. See, if you stay in the religious striving, here was poor Viviana. Viviana was getting beat up with religion. How to be better, how to perform better, how to do better. Do, 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 do. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do, do, do. And no matter how hard you tried, it doesn't work. Then she came and sat with other people who learned the revelation of it's done, it's done, it's done. And suddenly, I'm free of my life being framed by inadequacy and framed by trying to do better and trying to get results. I'm free from all of this self-loathing and performance and all of this stuff. I'm free of criticism and judgment and I realize I'm absolutely beautiful in the eyes of God, accepted, empowered, and free to manifest every good thing. What's left now? Woohoo! And then suddenly, Mauricio got a wife who's just, this woman just too happy. She just, Full of the love of God, full of good things. I mean, I mean, because I'm not, I'm not trying to win, you know, my husband by performing for him. I mean, I realize I'm in a partnership and I'm free in the love of God. I don't take anything from him, but I'm so filled up with God that I can give in every situation. We are called to always enter into his rest. That's what seven is. See, on the seventh day, on the, what is the seventh day? It's a Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath should have been a day of rest, but I want to show you that on the Sabbath, on the day of rest, I want to show you that it's in rest. It's in trusting me in rest. It's even doing something I've called you to do in the time and in the season of rest. If you will do that, if you will rest in my word, even though it seems, you know, that this isn't right, it breaks the parameters. If you trust me, if you lean on me with all of your understanding, I will bring you through every time and I will bless you. And I'm constantly always going to lead you in triumph. What should you expect every day? Triumph. What was triumph? 
Triumph was not winning the war. Triumph was when the king came back and he brought all the spoil and he brought the king and all their mighty men in handcuffs and they were all dragged behind. Triumph is a massive parade celebrating victory. And you are called to a victory parade every day. And who doesn't love a parade? And while you are on parade, you are constantly manifesting the fragrance and the nature of Christ everywhere you go. Because who doesn't love a parade? What are we going to do today, Pastor? We're on a parade. Every day. How do you do that? Rest. How do you do that? Just simply believe it. Just simply do it. Just simply open your mouth and say, yee-haw. It is a place of absolute trust and rest. I'm resting in he did it all. I don't have to do anything. That is so hard for us. We so desperately want to somehow, in some way, say, but doing this was good. You saw that, right? And that qualified for something, right? No. you got to absolutely, totally rest in the finished work of the cross. Hebrews 4, 4. For he was spoken in certain times in a place of the seventh day. In this way. In what way? that God rested on the seventh day from all his works. On the seventh day, you gotta rest from your works. If you wanna have victory over the most impossible circumstance in your life, here it is, you ready? Rest. Thank you, Pastor. Some people have already entered into the rest. You don't achieve victory, you receive victory. His rest, his rest, what is it? I enter into the finished work of the cross and all the promises are yes, and amen in Christ. Where are the promises yes? They are yes in Christ. Where are the yes? In Christ. They're not yes in my performance. They're not yes in my ability. They're not yes in, you know, anything that I do. All the promises of God are yes. And there's a place that the yes is. The yes isn't in you. The yes isn't, isn't about you. The yes is in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Ray, you're doing a good job today. You're bringing it. The yes is in Christ. And are you in Christ? If you're a believer, you've been in Christ. I am in Christ. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you. I've been in Christ. In Ephesians 2, 5 and 6, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. He raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Five times in Ephesians it talks about heavenly places. But what you got to know is you are seated with him. You are in Christed in the heavenly realms. You are operating out of a finished product. You are not trying to get there. If you've got distance in your world, if you're trying to get close to God, that is ugly religion, and just repent of that right now. Stop thinking that way. You cannot get any closer to God than you are today. You have been in Christ and he did it, you didn't do it. If you think you do it, sorry friend, but you're stuck in works and you're stuck in false religion. Because you can't. And he, that's the way he made it. He made it so that it's all about faith, so it can always be simply grace. But if you want to earn it and think you did something to get there, God bless you, have a nice life, but you're wrong. Because it's all about the finished work of the cross. cross. He made us sit together with him. He made me sit. Carl, over here. Oh, I'll just sit back over here. A little awkward sitting up there with you. No, Carl, over here. But, 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 but. Carl, you have been made to sit with me enthroned in heavenly places. I am seated in a place of power and a place of authority, always victorious, above every single circumstance. Joshua 6, 20, so the people shouted. 
The people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. The people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell flat, and then the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. We're going to take the city. How are we going to take the city? Rest. So we're just going to chill out? Rest doesn't mean fall asleep. Rest doesn't mean do nothing. Wait on the Lord. Rest in God. See, resting means I'm going to rest from my labor, I'm free from my labor, and I'm going to enter into his finished work. That's why it says make every effort to rest. <laughs> that is such a difficult thing, such a paradox. What are you supposed to make every effort? Make every effort to rest. Make every effort to live out of a living stream of his word in your life. Make every effort to live out of the fact that God will constantly reveal things to you. He will constantly speak to you. He will guide you and direct you. Trust him every day of your life and every particular of your life to give you victory, give you wisdom, give you understanding that you can walk in that living relationship with him every day. You don't have to strive for it. Just walk in it. Believe it. It's mine right now. Every day walk. Don't strive to get it. Don't try to get closer. Just believe I am close. I am hearing. I am seeing. I am walking in the abundant, live, living, flowing stream of God's revelation in my life. And I am resting, and I don't got to work it up, think it up, try it up. I just got to wake up and say, thank you that I am condemned to another day of an overwhelming stream of your life, power, devotion, and love that's always blessed. And through me, as I manifest this, you're going to demonstrate the fragrance of God everywhere I go today. Glory to Jesus. That's rest. That's rest. That's not you drumming it up or trying to think it up. It's just saying, you got it, big fella. I'm with you. All right, thank you. That's not how it comes down. That's how it comes down. Whatever he told you to do, do it. How do you turn water into wine? Whatever he told you to do, do it. We need wine. Go take those six water pots, fill them with water, and then take a cup to the master of the banquet. Well, that's really stupid. No, it's not. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. You know, he will speak to you every day. He will pour revelation on you every day. Every day he loads you with benefits. Yes, you. Yes, you. You're not waiting to arrive. You're not going to get there someday. Well, I'm not a mature believer. Yes, you are. He brings you in as a mature son. He doesn't bring in infants. He brings you in as a mature son. You're not an orphan. You're a true-born child. And he speaks to you every single day of your life. So there's the big wall. You ready? Ah! How easy was that? You have no idea that day how they saw. They were like, this is crazy. But you know what? And all the people lifted up their voices. You can go to Jericho now. It's really there. They've done excavations of it. it it's a, there's a tell. A tell is it tells you that something was here. So they've done like a, a, they cut it like a cake. They cut through the whole layer. And you know what? They can see what happened during this history. And they can see the foundation. They can see the, the wall that was built up. And they can see the bricks on top of it. And here's what the, the archaeologists say. The bricks fell down like this so that those bricks actually became like a ramp and they had total access to the city. 
And he says, the walls will fall down and you'll go straight up in. And literally, they can see today that those big bricks in front of that big uh, wall that was built, retaining wall, they fell right across that so that, wow, it's like we'd be given a ramp to just go in and possess the city. God's got a plan to bring you into every good thing he's promised you. And don't worry about what it looks like. Some stains are so tough, you got to shout them out. But, but. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. That's how it happens. You see, because prayer, prayer is not working. Prayer is just getting the revelation, getting the communication from God. And then worship is engaging the manifestation of that. And you know what? When God tells you, here's what I want to do, you just say, thank you, Jesus. And you're going to see those walls come down. Now, that seems crazy, but that's the life of faith. And then whatever he tells you to do, do it. Okay, come on, stand on your feet. Man, I could go on forever. Now I'm really hot. Eh? Who feels the heat? Same three people. Wow. We bless you. Come on, bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we do bless you. I thank you, Lord. Father, a lot of us have felt like we're staring at that block wall. We're staring at a, I have never seen an obstacle this big. Never in my life and my whole journey with God have I been in a position like this where wowzers. I don't know how we're going to make it through. But Father, I thank you that you are constant. You are always speaking. You are always giving us revelation. That no matter what's going on, I can cry out to you. It says, I cried out to God and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You're a God who speaks. You're a God who has promised us that every day you're going to have victory. It says he always leads us in triumph. He always leads us not into battle, but he leads us into the more than conqueror lifestyle where all we enjoy is a life of constant party. It is a wild party with you all the time. It is constantly delighting in my Lord and Savior. So, Father, baptize us in the delighting spirit. Baptize us in that party spirit. Baptize us, Father, in that always triumphing spirit where we know every day we wake up, we say, another day of victory. <laughs> another day of victory. Woo! Cause us to introduce every obstacle to the greatness of God. Cause us to introduce every circumstance to the finished work of the cross. Cause us to, to reintroduce ourselves. You, you must not actually know who I am. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And favor and, and blessing and benefits flow in my direction ceaselessly from the throne. I am told that I will always be led in triumph. So the nature of the struggle has to change right now. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I used to sing an old song, victory, victory is mine. If I hold my peace, the Lord will be my banner. Victory, victory is mine. How many remember that one? One person. Ingrid and I can sing it, right? Victory, victory is mine. Victory, victory is mine. If I hold my peace, the Lord will be my banner. Victory, victory is mine. Okay, don't get too excited. So, no. But we would sing that phrase over and over and over again and until it got deep in your spirit and you were convinced of it. 
Victory is yours in Jesus' name. Hey, let all the believers pray just for a minute. Just pray. All the believers pray. Listen, if you're here today, you wandered in and you know, you're hearing some stuff, wow, and in your face are some obstacles, some block walls, some difficult things. I tell you, every one of those things has to bow to Jesus. And every one of those things you have victory over of in Christ. Every promise is yes, and you can say amen, and it'll come into manifestation. Listen, if you're here today and you've never said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. You've never accepted him as your Lord and King, but you're here today, and you may not even know what's going on, but something inside you says, I want to be reconciled to Jesus. How do I do that? I want to pray for you right now. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go one, two, three. At three, if that's you, would you put your hand up really high so I can see it, are you ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up very high, very high. All right. I'll be glad when this crazy COVID nonsense is done, won't you? Seeing hundreds of people put their hands up accepting Jesus. Can you see it? Can you see it? I see it done in Jesus' name. Father, I bless this house. I bless each one here. Father, I pray that we would. I pray, Father, just sometimes preaching seems like such foolishness, but I pray, Father, that, that you would take a seed of your word, just that, that simple seed of victory, that simple seed of rest and the finished work of the gospel, that it would just penetrate every heart and that we'd wake up and operate out of a place of strength, not struggle for freedom, but operate out of the liberty and freedom to blow the sounding trumpet of jubilee. I am free liberated into the fullness of God. Lord, let it sink deep into every heart that they will just command and demand that the victory that's theirs come into expression in their life simply by rejoicing, simply by worshiping, simply by standing still in the rest of God. So Father, I bless this house, each and every one. I bless them with the wonderful love of the Father. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ would be a deep revelation in every life. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the divine partner. You are the economic manifestation of the Trinity in my life today, walking with me, revealing things to me, and in animating my life every step of the way. So Holy Spirit, baptize us afresh and anew with your grace and your love. In Jesus' precious name, amen.